Violence flares in the Doctors Without Sector's refugee encampment, leaving Laris and her young passenger in a dangerous predicament with global consequences. Laris, the crowd surrounding Elizabeth, or Queen Elizabeth, or as you were introduced to her a little while ago at Kip, uh, dissipates as the fire erupts from that thrown bottle. Some people are moving into a guarding position. Clearly those Queen's guards are taking their job very seriously because they're kind of putting up a block between Queen Elizabeth and those Vajar troop that are charging in right now. Uh, Elizabeth is clearly stunned and scared and filled with a lot of emotions that a 10-11 year old girl probably shouldn't have to deal with. This is a lot. And the rest of the crowd is just panicked. Someone just threw a flaming bottle of alcohol. It hit a cart. It's on fire. TK grabs you by the shoulder and shouts through the mass hysteria, Get the girl! And he is going to charge up and probably stand alongside those Queen's guards. You also notice he's uh, pulling out his communicator, trying to get some of the camp security to join him. Laris, you are faced with something that Laris just does not like. Utter chaos. It is pandemonium if you ever needed a prime example. And I've been collecting a lot of your threats. Threats that we haven't been able to use yet. I'm going to be using these threats, and you can accumulate more, to do a couple random fear checks. Which is usually something that Laris doesn't have to deal with. But again, this is probably something that you can blame that malfunction on. You don't only just feel fear. You're feeling a, a degree of fear that is almost exaggerated. So this is going to be a fear check too. So go ahead and make your discipline roll. Laris is fine. One success. Laris, you take in a deep inhalation of air. And what are you doing? You are no longer frozen in fear, but you could still act on it if you'd like. First, Laris has very recently finished time in the medical tent. Does she have her equipment on her? Most importantly, a blaster? I think we forgot to address this in our uh, audio reading of our last episode. Yes, you did absolutely stop by a trunk that was inside the tent and you did take your blaster, your communicator, all your items have been returned to you. Excellent. Laris is going to take just a fraction of a moment to analyze this ad hoc battlefield and is going to take the most efficient series of steps in order to grab Lisbon and move her to the other side. You're going to be weaving in and out of these people, dodging as people are trying to get away and some people are actually trying to join the fight. You don't know if it's to defend the queen or to fight against those trying to defend the queen, but everybody's running in every single direction. You do see Queen Elizabeth. She's kind of ducking behind a cart that hasn't been set on fire yet. And unlike you, uh, she failed her fair check. So she's just going to hide behind like a wooden wheel. You're going to have to make an athletics check. Difficulty hard. Okay. And you know what? Just because I have these points to spend, I'm going to upgrade one of those dice to a red. So are we actually being attacked right now? There's a fight going on. Why do you ask? Laris does have a talent that of, that allows her to take strain in order to upgrade the difficulty of attacks coming in at her. No one's specifically attacking you, but, you know, people are running into you. So, you know, I'm going to give you a, you can use that ability for this, uh, for this scene. I'm going to allow you to do that. Great. So I'm going to take one strain because I only have one rank in defensive stance. <laughs> so any attacks that do come our way are going to be upgraded by one step. Okay. But now, 
that athletics roll. Let's do the athletics roll, see how you do. So since I have three light side destiny points right now, I'm going to spend two of those to upgrade my athletics because I don't have athletics. Not great. One failure, one threat. So I'm going to bank that threat for now to do a future fear check with. But you feel something kind of click in the back of your head as you almost feel kind of claustrophobic as people are slamming into you. And right now you do not make it to her. Instead, you get knocked into a group of people who, upon seeing that you have a blaster still hanging from your holster, uh, one of them is actually going to try to attack you to grab for that blaster. You don't know if this is a queen's person or a Vajar person. They see an opportunity and they're going for it. What is your melee defense? Zero. Okay. Melee is always average difficulty, but it needs one of those needs to be upgraded because of my defensive stance. They reach out and take hold of your arm, but you are able to shake it away. And then as you turn towards them, as you realize they're going for your gun, you definitely see the armband that shows the colors of the Vajar army. But no, he was not able to take it. What's happening with Lisbon? Uh, she, again, is just cowering behind uh, one of the wagons of the marketplace. It, it's not the one that's on fire, but it might catch on fire if she doesn't start moving soon. But I don't want to yell at her because that could draw attention to her hiding spot. So I need to deal with this soldier that obviously has me in his sights. So he wants that blaster so badly. Let's see if I can hit him with it. Great. You quickly pull out your blaster and fire. Do you have quick draw? I do not. So that's your one maneuver, and now I guess you're going to fire? Correct. Quickly. Is it on stun or is it on not stun? It's on stun. She is in a civilian camp. The defense for this person is none. No defense. It's not my night. One failure. You aim, you fire, but at the last minute, someone jostles your shoulder and you stumble forward, giving him a chance to go for that uh, weapon once more. So he got two advantages, one threat, and a despair. So his advantage is, is he's not going to die. But as he actually locks on, he grabs onto the barrel of your weapon, someone comes up behind him and smashes him in the back of the head with a clay pot. But it's one of the merchants. And as this soldier crumbles to the ground, the merchant looks towards you and then looks towards where clearly the queen is. And then kind of gives you an urgent look of go save the queen. And then he's running off. Clearly, he he passed his fear check, but barely. He did his one good deed for the day. Now he's vanishing. So right now, the uh, soldier is unconscious, and you just need to make a another athletic roll to get through the people. This is just an average difficulty. I'd say that I want to switch out my dice, but I'm using an app. Okay, so what'd you get? I got an advantage and two failures. As you're running, you are hit again and again as people are dodging in and out and fighting and you you just cannot get to the girl. And you actually lose sight of her as you get hit by five different people and you think almost they're attacking you, but you just realize that there's some queen's men, there's some general men and they attacked and you just happen to be sandwiched all between them. And by the time you're about to pull yourself out, you hear a scream from the little girl. And as you stumble out, you see one of the Vajar men has hoisted her up and he's turning and he's running towards the west side of this camp, which you know is Vajar territory. And he's booking it as fast as he can. The girl cannot cross to the other side of the camp. Laris is going to shoot that soldier. So I'm using that final destiny point to upgrade one of my dice. Mm -hmm. I am also going to use a maneuver to aim so that I get a blue boost die. Great. So let's do that. One threat and a triumph. 
you aim and then someone actually stumbles in your way and it's a teenage boy and he looks surprised before ducking down and you take a f one last desperate shot and you nail this guy in the back of the neck just shutting him down completely with a sunbolt he falls to the ground collapses on top of the girl and also that shot kind of freaks people out like it, it was loud and so it kind of disperses the people a little bit away from you giving you a chance to easily without a, a athletics roll because those are your bane get to the girl I'm going to scoop her up and keep moving. She wraps her arms around you and buries her face into your neck, just trying to get away visually from all this chaos. And as you're scooping her up, you hear a group of men behind you charging. You hear people chasing after you. And as you look over your shoulder, you definitely see about four or five Ajar men who have an assortment of weapons, clubs, pipes. One even has a vibro knife and they're charging after you. I'm going to run towards my ship. Great, you are gonna to have to book it. This is an average athletics check, but I'm going to upgrade one of their dice to a red using a destiny point. Are there any vehicles around? Rather than making this a straight dash to my ship, is there a vehicle I could get on so I could pilot my way to my ship? I don't know, Angela, is there something? I will spend that destiny point in order to have some form of vehicle. You know what, okay, since it's only one destiny point, and this is a this is a overcrowded camp. There's not a lot of places where people can actually bring in a vehicle or would bring in their vehicle, like a speeder and stuff like that. Uh, there's not a lot of room, but what you do see is a repulsor lift, which is basically what people use to cart in injured individuals. And it's not too far away. You can hop on it. And with a quick mechanics check, you can overload the engine and kind of shoot it off kind of like a rocket and ride it there. It will absolutely destroy the engine, but it will absolutely fly you away from this place at a redonkulous speed and you can use piloting. But you do need to make a mechanics check. And I'm going to say that's a two difficulty. I'm going to give you a setback die because you have to do this quickly. And you know what? Because I'm an awful person, I'm also going to upgrade the difficulty by one and give you a destiny point. One success. You. Uh, hop onto this repulsor lift, which looks like one of those rolling gurneys that an EMT uses, and you grab the control panel, rip it off, and just reach in there and twist two wires, snapping them at the same time and, and pressing them together at the same time. And suddenly the hum of this, this, this dinky engine that's just supposed to kind of help people at a very snail's pace clocks out and you just are launched forward just as one of the soldiers dives for you. He misses you, of course, and he gets a mouthful of uh, dust, but the others are gonna be giving chase. Now, you still need to make a roll. It's an average difficulty with one of those upgraded, but you can use piloting now. One advantage. You rock it off, and it is absolutely a stunning array of just riding a repulsor lift like anybody's business. It's, it's really a thing of beauty. However, it only goes on for about five seconds before just dying. Clearly this repulsor lift just was on its last leg, which makes sense since it's Doctors Without Sectors and their funding has been slashed quite a bit. So you fall off this repulsor lift. The, the girl's still in your arms though and you turn to face your attackers. And one of them steps forward as they're marching towards you. This one clearly has decided that he is going to be the leader of this little entourage. 
give us the queen and you keep your life. No. Then I guess we're taking two lives today. And he is cut off to the sound of a turbo blaster. And you have just enough time to duck behind the remains of this repulsor lift as uh, these men all fall down with smoking craters in their back. And standing behind them is TK, who is carrying a blaster cannon. And he just tosses it to the ground. It's sizzling in his hands. Clearly, he broke it to bring it here and have that one last shot. He's weaponless now. And he's just running up to you and grabbing you on the shoulder. And he's like, okay, what's the plan? You heading to the ship? Yes. Let's go. And he's reaching into his poncho and he's pulling out a set of vibro knives. Clearly doesn't have another blaster on him, so he's just using knives. And he's going to be guarding you as you're making your way back to the ship. So how are you getting to your ship? Are you just making a mad dash for it? Are you trying to stealth your way there? What do you want to do now? I guess we're trying to be stealthy. Great. So go ahead. I'm going to say this is a, um, a difficulty two, but I am going to give you a, a setback die since you're carrying this little girl and TK's behind you and he is a giant of a man that I've established. One success. Great. You guys work in tandem together, ducking behind tents, uh, hiding in crowds. And the crowd is kind of helping you out as well, because some of them definitely want the queen not to be in the hands of these injured soldiers. And you make it to your ship. You get there and the ramp is open, waiting for you. You don't see Skitter anywhere, though. I'm going to run up the loading ramp and shout for Skitter to close it behind us. TK runs up behind you and you shout, you know, for Skitter to close the ramp. No response. Uh, TK looks towards you, waits for a second, and then he reaches for the controls for the ramp, the manual controls, and then cranks one of the levers down and the ramp closes behind you guys. And he lets out a, uh, a long sigh of relief and just leans back. Laris isn't taking time for that. She goes to the nearest communications panel and demands that Skitter respond. You talk into your communicator and there's no response, which is incredibly rare because you should have gotten a response. And you don't know, maybe it's the static that is currently assaulting your head. It's very distracting. Maybe it, it's wreaking havoc with communications, but Skitter's not responding at all. Laris is beginning to hyperventilate. And she is going to connect directly to the shipboard computer to find out where Skitter is. So you head to the bridge. You have this little girl clinging on to you. What do you do with her? I hand her off to TK. You toss her towards TK. He takes hold of her and you are moving into the bridge. You sit down and you plug yourself in. And that distracting uh, hum of static is now a, an orchestra of pain that is like running through your cybernetics. What are you trying to do? This is incredibly painful. I need to find Skitter. I'm trying to ping his locator beacon. Oh, wait, this is a hard computer's check. And I'm actually going to give you two black dice because that hum, you could feel it in your teeth. One threat. You try to ping Skitter. Absolutely, you try, but the pain is too much, and you just rip out the cord that is connecting you to the ship and take a deep breath, and that's when you notice a blaster pressed against the back of your head, and you hear someone say, Hands where I can see them, Laris. She doesn't know me as Laris. Hands where I can see them, Laris. Hands are where she can see them. And the individual backs away. Stand up. 
Turn around slowly. Lyra stands up. She lowers her hands slowly so they're at her sides, but not making any sort of threatening gestures with them. At her sides also means that they are at level with the controls. As you turn around, you see two things. First, you see Naja, the Rodian, standing there with a blaster aimed right at you. And then you see TK... Uh, clutching the little girl in his arms, being surrounded by soldiers, about four of them, who are wearing armbands for the queen's soldiers. And TK's like, all right, I'm uh, a little confused. And then Naja says something in Rodian, and one of the guards hits TK in the stomach, silencing him. Where is my quartermaster? Are you speaking of the droid? Where is my quartermaster? I don't know. I came here because I knew this is where you would be. Thank you for finding the girl for us. Advisor Matako will be much pleased, yes. Who is pleased or not by your attempt at piracy is not my concern. What is my concern is in fulfilling my contractual obligation to my passenger. You have not signed a contract with me. What are you getting on about? Step away from the controls. I'm going to hit something and blow up the near the console nearest her. Laris, in her time as a legitimate businesswoman, also knows that she's operating in a very dangerous part of the galaxy. So she has built in kind of the opposite of a failsafe into her ship, where under even fairly decent scrutiny, it would just look like a jury-rigged ship. But she has the correct button combination, kind of the Star Wars equivalent of Control-Alt-Delete, where if you hit these three buttons in the correct sequence, something's going to overload. And you have this aimed towards the uh, entrance of the bridge, not in like the seat. So you're, you, you imagine that you would see somebody coming to try attack you, and this is your kind of failsafe. Absolutely. So you paid a destiny point. I have. And so let's say this is a mechanics check, but I'm going to actually have you attack with mechanics, if that makes sense. I love uh, it. And I'm going to say her defense for melee is one. Three successes, one threat. So what kind of explosion? Is it a shocking and electrifying? Is it actual shrapnel? What are you looking at? Mind it, you, the queen's there. Yes. It's sparks. It's intended really more to blind than to cause physical damage. So are you attacking their stamina? Yes. Great. So I'm going to give this five damage. So how much damage did you do? Eight. So two of the soldiers, they're far enough away that they only take half damage. The soldiers at TK's side, they absolutely uh, take a shock full. They take the full brunt of the shock and they are stunned and out cold. Nausea, she lets out a squeal of pain, but she stumbles back. She's still up and kicking. She is going to try to get past TK, who is stunned and surprised and holding and clutching a little girl to his chest. So she's actually going to try to get past him. She rolled a triumph and four successes. So (laughs) she disappears into the night. And so, yeah, honestly, uh, you said off this trap, you doubt anybody could have gotten out of the way. TK didn't even react. You got him by surprise. Naja reacts, not like a force sensitive who had a feeling like she definitely saw and realized what was going on, but she reacts like a trained soldier who immediately 
throws her shoulder forward. So the shock kind of hits her shoulder instead of hitting her square in the face. She absorbs some of it, dives forward, dives like in this small crevice between the doorway and TK and squeezes through, rolls. And then the last thing you hear is her footsteps going deeper into your ship and she's gone. Like it is a thing of beauty. She's inside the ship because your ship is closed. But right now, she's missing. Who's not missing, though, are the two soldiers who uh, are still up. We should probably roll initiative at this point. Uh, they're going to be using uh, Vigilance. You can use Cool since you had this planned. Three successes, one advantage. Two advantages. And TK goes at two. Two successes. Two successes. So right. you get to go first. So you see them. One's turning his blaster rifle on the back of TK's head to take him out. And the other one's going to be aiming towards you. Does TK still have his vibro knives on him? I mean, he probably has them on him somewhere, but he put them away to hold the girl. Laris is going to shoot at the one that is aiming at TK then. Great. Take a shot. Uh, they have no defense, so it's just a difficulty two. And I'm going to actually make it one. I'm going to make it a little bit more challenging for you. I'm going to upgrade one of those dice and give you a destiny point. One success, two advantages. Damage is five. So altogether, that does six damage. Great. And this is still stun? Yes, since I didn't take the time to switch it. Great. No, that's all it took. You uh, fire at this guy. He takes the stun bolt, stumbles back, and the other soldier is aiming his blaster rifle right at you. And honestly, he has you dead to rights. But TK just reaches out and he's going to try to snap the guy's neck. With two triumphs, two successes, and one advantage, TK absolutely snaps this guy's neck. And the guy just falls over dead. And TK just stands there taking a very deep breath. He's also going to enter the bridge, hits the controls there, and the door is going to close. Thus sealing you both in, seeing that he doesn't want to be like snuck up on by Naja, wherever she is. <laughs> okay, what the hell was that all about? Unclear. Hey, hey Kip, Kip, uh, or Lisbon, or Queen, uh, tell me about Mataki. Hey, 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 I need you to focus. And he sets the girl down in front of him. And... He's a soldier, so he's probably not the best to get the answers out of a, a scared 10 to 11-year-old. Uh, if you want to try to charm or use any other aspects that you might have. Laris probably is not any better equipped to speak to a child of any age, but she will kneel down in front of Lisbon, Kip, whatever she's going by now, and say, we are in need of your assistance. Okay, I guess that's a charm roll in her own way, or a negotiation, or or how do you want to how do you want to handle this? I mean, it's all the same. It's all presence and not not skills that she has. It's a presence roll, no matter what. Go ahead. Uh, difficulty two. One success, one threat. There we go. I'm going to add that threat to the count. Kip looks away from TK, who looks angry. Uh, not at her, just in general. And it's also just how he always looks. And she turns her attention towards you, Laris. And she says, Advisor Mintaki found out that I was trying to communicate with, with General Vajar. I looked at TK to see if that makes any sense to him. He looks towards you and just shrugs his shoulder. He's completely lost as you are. Why were you trying to talk to him? I, I was trying to end the war. I was tired of people dying for me, all of them. And 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 I was starting to listen to what Vajar was saying in some of his speeches about some of the atrocities that my dad did. And I, I, I looked into our records and 
I don't think my dad was a very nice man. And 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 I, I'm not saying Mr. Vijar is, is a nice man either, but I just, I was going to offer to restart the election early. Election? Yeah. Every couple decades, people vote for a new royal line. And we still have 26 years until the next election. But I, I figured if the war could stop, I would I would step down and we could just vote for someone, a new king and queen, and stop the stupid fighting. And Mataki didn't like that. Well, at first he said it was a, a very brave idea. But then when I went to sleep, Helsa woke me up and said that Mataki was going to kill me and, and, and use my death to continue the war. So she snuck me out and here and, and I just, I, 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 maybe that's why they sent people out to find me. Once someone has power, they are often loath to relinquish it. So I, I don't know what to do. You are going to stay here. You have booked passage off this planet. But no, I need to find a way to talk to General Vazar. I need to offer him the deal. I can't just run away. We were going to we were we were going to get off planet and then we were going to send a message, but Helsa was the one that knew how to get a hold of him. I don't know how to. I look to TK. Does the camp have direct line of communication to both sides? The camp? No. 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 And Laris uh, TK kind of lowers his gaze as if he's pondering something over. You are thinking. The camp doesn't have direct communications, but the Empire does. Did you not state yourself that the Empire no longer has any interest in what is happening on this planet? They might not w want this war to end. They're getting a lot from the Meadowlands. And you see in his eyes, Laris, that he he's a very loyal man. But he might disagree with this opinion. And then you also kind of see that behind being a loyal soldier, you see something in TK that kind of reminds you of yourself. Castian says you're a good person. And it's not like you take much stock in morality. It's more of a lo – you go by logic. But there are people who join the military to get power and there's those who join the empire and abuse it. TK and you do it because you want to build something better. This is not something that's better out of this. TK probably is like you. He likes the stability that the Empire offers. So in a way, how Castian would say it, TK, beyond being an Imperial soldier, is a good person. You need to facilitate communications between the Empire and the Vizier. Roll me a leadership roll, but I'm going to give you two blue dice. One's because this guy is a soldier, and the second one is because you're a soldier. You are speaking the same lingo. This is not a request. This is a command. His resistance, one red, two purple. And do you want to upgrade any of your dice? Sure, I will upgrade one. Laris is a very persuasive speaker. How so? Four successes. Are you kidding me? And two threats. Yeah, she's not perfect. Okay, I am going to bank those two threats. Don't worry, people. I'm going to be using these threats later on. And TK is just going to lock eyes with you. And finally, he says, which one is uh, your communications? And he sits down at one of the seats. Laris gives him command access to the communications. Only communications. She is going to put up firewalls to keep him from accessing the rest of the computers. She's already been too trusting in this camp. He sends a message to the Empire, starts talking, but then things start kind of the communications are messing up. As someone has broken into the communication dish in their 
forcing the dish to rotate in a different direction. TK is trying to remain calm and keeps on saying things like, oh, hold on, sorry. He doesn't want the Empire to know that anything is crazy happening down in the camp because he doesn't want them to think that this is kind of a hostage situation. Either because he doesn't want – he doesn't think it would be helpful to him getting the information or he's afraid that the Empire will come down and make things worse. <laughs> but he does shoot you a glance and then looks towards the door as he continues to uh, – every time it moves uh, – the dish moves somewhere else, uh, he redirects the communication beam to try to uh, lock it back into place. But someone is trying to mess up this call and they're in the ship. It's coming from inside the ship. Laris knows where the access is for the communications array, of course, so she can head there directly. Great. So uh, the door closes behind you as TK waves for uh, Kip or the Queen or Lisbon to close it and lock it behind you. So the bridge is secure and you make your way down the hallway. Is your blaster out? Yes. You move past the, the rooms, the bunks, the small galley, the refresher, and you enter the cargo hold. Which is uh, moderately large. I mean, enough to fill it with nerfs, which you have done in the past. And past the cargo hold is the engine room, where everything is the engine, but also the communication array is right above that. You enter the engine room. So I need you to roll perception, and it's going to be versus someone's stealth. And their stealth is two yellow. Can I have a boost die because it's my ship that I Absolutely. know very well? Absolutely. You get one boost die. One success. Laris, you step into the engine bay, and as you look up, you pass under a pipe. But the pipe is like two centimeters thicker than what it should be in your peripheral from this angle, so you know someone's actually on top of it. So you jump and dive and roll out of the way as a Rodian comes down with a large a wrench in her hand and hits the deck where you just were. And now you both get to roll initiative. And since it's better for you, I'll let you roll cool. One success, four advantages. One success, four advantages. So yeah, you good to go? I still have my blaster out, so I'm going to shoot at her. Go ahead, fire away. She's using a wrench to attack. Mm -hmm. So I am going to use my maneuver to uh, activate defensive stance again. Okay. So I take one strain, so all of her melee attacks against me are going to be upgraded in difficulty. And did she have any defense? Uh, she had one in melee. But I'm not using melee. I'm using she, oh, she, she also has one in range. <laughs> Two threats. You're going to fire at her, but she's going to raise her wrench up in time and hit the side of your blaster, and it's going to actually sunder it a little bit. Okay. The weapon has four levels of constructability, or whatever it's called. Two of those are taken away as you hear something crunch inside your blaster. And she's going to attack again. Three advantages. She slams into your blaster again. It falls to the ground and shatters. She's going to kind of circle around you, uh, gloating a little bit as she is trying to see the fear in your eyes. Speaking of which, you are suddenly oh. struck with fear as you are weaponless in a dark room because uh, she had, of course, turned off the lights a little bit. So it's just, it's just mostly a red blinking light from the engines that is illuminating you. So this is an average fear check, a fear check of two. Nailed it. Three successes, a triumph, and a threat. Angela, right now I have uh, three threats that I've docked away for uh, future use. I'm going to lower that by two for your triumph. So you only have one more threat that's docked away for what I can use for uh, your fear checks. So yeah, Laris is not afraid right now. Maybe a little worried, but she's not letting fear control her. How about that? We are in the engine room, you said? Yes. I want to find some kind of welding torch. 
You could roll to find a welding torch and get to it quickly, or I can just let you know exactly where to find it if you spend one of your destiny points. I will spend a destiny point so I can have a welding torch. You reach behind you and you know exactly where to find it. The welding torch is right there in the corner, strapped to the side of the wall in case of emergencies. And you would say this is an emergency, so you rip it off. I know who you are, Laris. Why do you keep using that name? Because that is who you are. And I'm very much sorry, Laris. But the deal with Durand was he would stop messing with your Castian, not you. And he very much wants this war to continue. And as, she, as soon as she says it, Angela, uh, the rebel leader, you remember. It makes an odd sort of sense. Duran wants this war to continue for some reason. It might be serving the Republic in some capacity. You probably imagine that maybe Mataki or both sides also have deals with the rebels to get other materials for this war. So they probably don't want it to end just as much as the Empire doesn't. And with that, she's going to charge you and try to hit uh, hit at you. So I have the dodge talent, mm -hmm. which allows me as an incidental to take strain in order to upgrade the difficulty of their attack. Sure. I have dodge at two. This seems like a good time to use both of those. So I'm going to take two more strain in order to upgrade her attack twice. Uh, she attacks and she got one success. So it's going to hit you and it's going to do uh, four damage. So you get hit in the side of the head and you feel your cybernetic glitch a little bit. Your ears ring and you kind of wobble there for a second as she raises her wrench to bring it over her head to bring it right down onto the kill spot on top of your skull to crush it. But her despair gets in the way. Woo. And suddenly, coming from the ceiling, a vent in the ceiling, you hear, What have you? And coming down is sentry mode skitter as it lands on top of her and wraps his spidery limbs around her and stops her from hitting this killing blow. And he's just kind of uh, dangling on top of her and she's fighting like, what is this? What is this? I'm teaching you an etiquette lesson. He's trying to help you fight, but he's not much of a fighter at all. But he is going to keep her from attacking this round. Angela, you may go. Uh, you get a bonus dice to hit because uh, skitter. Oh, hey, all right. So wielding her welding torch, brings us one of those really fun dice results from Star Wars, where I have one failure, and I have one threat, and I have a triumph. You swing at her, but you miss her entirely. Instead, you weld into the side of Skitter's face, and there's a spark and a sizzle, and suddenly you hear a different voice coming from Skitter, a glitched voice, but it sounds fairly familiar. Roger, roger. And suddenly, those weak hits from his little feet turn into vicious kicks, and his legs kind of dig into her and, like, weigh her down. He knows exactly where to put the weight until she completely tumbles to the ground with him on top of her. And his little wrench arm comes forward and grabs her by the throat, and he's leaning forward completely, and she's choking slowly. Did I activate Skitter's instant kill mode? Uh, you activated his, uh, he was a separatist droid. Uh, at one point, he was a protocol droid, but you think at some point, uh, he might have had, he might have downloaded some of these fight protocols of these battle droids and you accidentally cut into it and activate it. So right now she, she completely drops her wrench and she's like flailing, trying to get him off her. Laris is going to pick up the wrench because it's her wrench, isn't it? Yes, this is your wrench. This is your... She used your wrench. And Laris just holds it kind of casually as she stands over Naja's prone form. 
The ship is currently in communication with the Empire. I believe they would be very interested if that communication were to reveal a rebel sympathizer on the ship. And they would be very interested if I were to reveal an imperial traitor. Not if you cannot speak. You have a difficulty three fear check when she says she's going to reveal you to the Empire. It is absolutely terrifying, the idea of what they do to you. Worse, what they do to you to get to Castian, and then what they do to him. One success. Part of you wants to just end her, kill her, you know, dead man tells no tales. But that decision is up to you now, Laris. As a GM, I can't make you do that. You can absolutely do that, but that's some dark stuff. So, what do you do? I use the wrench and I deliver a well-placed blow to the head to knock her out. And you know what? I'm just going to let you do that. You knock her out and then Skitter releases her. She is going to wait out the rest of this encounter in the same place where we stored the extra nerf feed. Roger, roger. And he grabs her by the ankle and he's just skittering off, dragging this prone Rodian with him. And then I'm going to climb up into the ducts and reposition the communications array where it is needed for TK. You don't even need to roll. You know your ship. And she damaged it a little bit. You're going to have to repair it, but you at least can manually get the dish in the proper position. And once that is done, I will return to the bridge. When you get back, uh, you see Lisbon, the queen, Kip, sitting on top of TK's uh, lap. And she's holding the communicator in her hand. And she is talking to uh, someone you don't recognize, not an imperial soldier, uh, someone who speaks with a little bit more of a twang, most likely Vajar. And TK looks towards you, looks towards the kid, and then just kind of throws up his hands and leans back. Do you listen in to the deal or do you go and start repairing your ship? Right now, it's a negotiation between the two of them. Laris is going to make herself busy so she's not just standing there eavesdropping. But she's going to stay on the bridge. So it's cleaning up the exploded console, for example. What you hear is this. Pretty much, Vajar takes her up on the offer. The problem, of course, which uh, Lisbon never uh, told you, is the elections. When they go about voting for a new royal family, the previous king, queen, supposed to be killed uh, in order not to have any infighting. You know, like the last king comes around and say, no, I want to be king still. The deal is she has to leave. Vajar does not want to be the person who kills a kid, clearly. But he is willing to let her leave. She records something, a message to her people to basically say, we're going to do elections again. She warns him about Motaki. He says he'll take care of things. But with that, unless you have anything else to do, the day is going to end with you resting with Kip kind of just staying on your ship, doesn't really want to leave now, with TKA leaving and planting himself in front of the ship to make sure no one else enters. The chaos of the of camp has died down. So later on that night, you hear someone pounding from the other side of the uh, nerf hold, uh, nerf feed. Uh, clearly, Naja has woken up. I'm very busy repairing the damage she did to my ship. Great. So you're just going to ignore her for now? Yep. So if it's overnight, then I want to heal up. You know what? You're going to heal up fine. So uh, the next day, as a new shuttle comes in with the much-needed power station, 
Narian gets it all set up within a couple hours. It's a little bit more tricky, uh, but lucky for him, the pilot brought some engineers. Uh, They're being restocked with engineers, the ones that they had previously lost at the Doctors Without Sectors camp. And so they have everything up and running within a couple hours of landing. Your ship is detached, and Narian is there to uh, shake your hand. I want to say I am so delighted that you were, were able to help us. And, and oh, and here's the rest of your pay. He gives you the rest of the pay. He also gives you a data pad. And that is a full recommendation uh, from me, a testimonial uh, that you could share with any Doctors Without Sectors jobs that are posted. You were fantastic and you went above the call of duty. <laughs> and I suppose you also were instrumental in kind of stopping a war. So I have that. You have that under your hat. So thank you. And I hope that you work with Doctors Without Sectors again. We need good people like you. Thank you. And he's going to leave your ship. And as he's leaving, Kip runs on. She had left previously to do something. And TK follows behind her. TK, he has a satchel over his shoulder. All right. Where we? Uh, where do I drop this stuff? What is it? It's my luggage and the uh, squirts. Felt weird just sending the kid out on her own. So I'm going to, uh, you know, they paid for two tickets. I am not in a position to be transporting an AWOL stormtrooper. You know, I had three girls once uh, when I was uh, first starting out. Damn rebels uh, bombed a parade and uh, I don't really have three girls no more, but I suppose maybe I can do right for this one. Laris. I heard the Rodian say it. You got secrets, and now I got a big secret. I got to make sure this little girl's fine, and the Empire sure the hell is not happy with me, and they're not just going to demote me. You can just drop us off somewhere in the Outer Rim. We'll leave your ship. You'll get paid still. Just don't... Please. Your secret's safe. I don't even know what Alaris is, or if that's your name, or code name, or whatever. Maybe you're a pirate. Whatever. But uh, your secret's safe with me. So please, this is me asking, this is not me threatening. I'm a soldier, so I'm a, used to threatening. But please, just let me get away with the girl. She needs someone to watch her. I will remember where I am taking you. Absolutely. I will owe you a debt that you can call in any time. Noted. If you will excuse me, I have a few more items on my pre-flight checklist. Yeah, that's fine. Is the, the door on the left, is that uh, my bunk? Yes. Please do not disturb the items that are currently in there. They belong to another tenant who shall be returning shortly. All right. Come on, Squirt. Stop playing that game. This game's boring. And he like ruffles her hair as she follows him in the room. And Laris, what do you want to do? I do still have somebody in my smuggling hold. They stopped pounding about a couple hours ago, so when you get to the smuggling hold, you open it up, and they're just kind of sitting there, glowering up at you. You have missed your opportunity. She shoots up a little bit, but stops herself from attacking you, then just slowly climbs out of this thing. Naja will remember this, Laris. Naja will report back to Joran that you ruined this operation. He will not be pleased. And then I shall inform Galnuri Tand that you were looking for ways to prolong a war and put a child's life in danger. This is an intimidation roll. Intimidate. Uh, her willpower is three. Three threats. 
two successes. Laris, the threats are going to be you have a nemesis. Nice. She steps up in front of you, her snout furrowed in rage. Of course, she's like maybe chest high to Laris. She raises her chin and she glowers at you before finally just stepping around you. Now, Laris, you don't even know if you could probably find Galneri Tan. Uh, Castian might have ways of finding her, but Castian also likes to boast that he knows how to get into any club, uh, talk to anybody, but you know, a lot of the time that, those are lies. So you don't know if that is a, even a truth, but you said it with such authority that she's going to believe you. And she just scoffs, brushes past you, and then she's walking towards the ramp. And then she's exiting. That's all Laris wanted. All right. Closing scene. Laris, you are in your uh, – you you enter the bridge. Everything's ready to go. You see Dr. Narian in the distance just giving orders to the new engineering crew. He spots you through the window and holds up a hand and gives you a wave. And uh, behind you, TK walks in and takes a seat. Are we off yet? Launch sequence is commencing. And Laris raises the ship first away from the camp and then into space. So any ideas for a good place to lay low in the Outer Rim? If you are looking to avoid Imperial entanglements, then I might know of a place. A planet filled with nothing but sand, moisture farms, and the huts. Perfect. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always.